I'm Kristen Victorin, producer behind Community Conversations. Since the release of our last episode, things are constantly shifting and changing due to the coronavirus outbreak. ACH is doing our best to abide by social distancing and other health practices to keep our kids, families, and employees safe. That being said, you might notice a difference in quality here and there, and maybe some technical difficulties during our podcast. We're having to go completely virtual now with all of our interviews and recordings. So please bear with us, regardless of all the new hoops we have to jump through, we're still going to advocate for those we serve with this podcast. Did you know April is National Child Abuse Prevention Month? All year long, and especially throughout this month, ACH and community partners raise awareness about the impact of child abuse in our community. Tarrant County has one of the highest numbers of child abuse victims in the state of Texas. In 2019, there were 5,536 confirmed cases of child abuse and neglect. Stay tuned for our conversation about Child Abuse Prevention Month. We welcome child abuse prevention advocate and longtime ACH supporter, Barbara Clark Galupi. Well, hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Barbara Clark Galupi, Chief Development Officer at Lena Pope. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Hey, Kristen. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, you know, doing my best in the situation that we're in. Yeah, I think we all are. We thought it would be really important to address. This is the first podcast episode that we've recorded uh, with all this happening. And we just wanted to remind people that, you know, times are hard for everyone. They're they're hard for our families. Uh, you know, they're feeling it financially, emotionally. I think everybody in the community is. And we just want to make our listeners aware of how this crisis specifically affects the children in our community, um, increased stressors on families like job loss and financial hardship, even shelter in place can lead to increased child abuse and neglect. So today's topic about Child Abuse Prevention Month, we're just asking for their support during this time and just letting them know that it's more urgent than ever. Yeah, Kristen, um, it's something I've had several conversations over the last couple of weeks with um, professionals and just um, non-professionals in the community, and we are really, really worried um, about kids and vulnerable kids and vulnerable families right now. Um, I think we've already started to see, I've seen a couple of articles, we've already started to see some consequences to children. Right. Um, families are um, heightened in their fear of the pandemic. Plus, on top of that, so we all have what probably a certain level of anxiety around um, this, but then add on to that layers about financial insecurity and food insecurity and childcare insecurity and do I have a job and do I not have a job? And um, those, um, unfortunately, all of those things at once can be a recipe for um, child abuse or neglect for children and also domestic violence. Um, uh, issues. And so it's been super concerning for a lot of us, which is, you know, one of the reasons I was super, I don't know, I was on a phone call the other day with a bunch of community leaders 
Mm -hmm. And um, Dr. Carson's turn came up, the CEO of ACH, and he said everybody was kind of, you know, updating on what their status was as an organization and what they are doing. And while everyone was is trying to pivot and still provide services and some having more success than others and limited closures and, and Dr. Carson says, we're open for business because we need to be. And yeah. I just thought that was super powerful because you guys, out of everybody, have to be there. You've got kids in an emergency shelter. You've got kids in foster care. And um, there's no option for you guys to shut down. So I send my kudos to ACH and all <laughs> the um, the staff for really taking that. I mean, I think you're taking it seriously, but you're also understanding that these kids can't wait on this pandemic to get over to get their needs met and you are doing a good job of that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I see our staff working hard and they're very, very much appreciated. So you have been such a long time supporter of ACH. Uh, you were even employed here for a while. Is that right? Yeah. So I started, so I think my relationship with ACH is about 20 years strong. Wow. I started, yeah, this is a crazy story. I started at AC. I was hired in August, like August 1st of 2001. Um, and then a month right before 9-11. It was kind of, it was kind of surreal and crazy. So I was just learning the organization at the time. But um, Dr. Carson hired me. I was one of the, or I was the first um director of development and marketing that they had had as an organization at the time. Um, they were still all church home for children and primarily only doing residential based care for um, children. Um, and Dr. Carson kind of had a vision for what um, needed to be done, what more could be done and what more should be being done. And he, um, and he hired, you know, the team and, put the programs in place and the, worked really hard. The team did on kind of um, shifting from kind of a one source residential provider kind of nonprofit organization that was just doing kind of playing defense to an organization that's now over the last 20 something years, you know, become actually like a change maker and, and an organization that, um, leading child welfare improvements, not just locally, but at the state. And I would probably, you could probably also argue at the national level. Um, so it's kind of, it's exciting to see. It's something I'm proud I started, you know, at the, at the, I don't know, the entry point, but at the beginning um, there. And I worked uh, for ACH for 12 years up until 2013. So you have you know, such a strong relationship uh, with the organization, I think with a lot of people in the community. Are you aware of the nickname that that we give you at ACH? No, I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> I think it's a, it? it's a compliment. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we call you the notorious BCG. Oh, yes, that one. I, <laughs> yes, I am. I am the notorious BCG. My <laughs> reputation often precedes me. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of ways you can interpret Barbara, but, um, I, I try, I hope that everyone understands I really, really care about kids and child welfare and 
um, the nonprofit sector as a whole and not just being a do-gooder. I want to be a change maker and I want to do things that are really meaningful work. Um, Of course. Yeah. I think we all do, right? Like we all want to have that. If you're going to have to work, which everyone has to work, um, you know, you might as well do something you care about and that you're passionate about. Um, and then for me, I really have to um, be able to see the change for my efforts almost every day or I will not be probably I won't be, you know, satisfied um, professionally. So, I mean, that's exactly why we wanted you on here to talk about Child Abuse Prevention Month. I mean, obviously, child abuse prevention is something that matters to you, not just during the month of April, but all year long. So just tell us a little bit about what, how creating awareness and advocacy, I mean, what do those things look like to you? A good question. Um, I think, you know, there's a, there's a new awareness thing every month. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get I get frustrated sometimes because I feel like we get drowned out and everything's important. And it's so hard to prioritize what um, what you put your attention on, on top of doing your daily life. But I, I personally feel there's a big hierarchy. And so so the way I see child abuse prevention month, um, for me, it's an aspiration. Like it's a time for our community to be aspirational about what we're trying to do and what we want our community to look like. And um, it's a time for um, staff like you and me to try and rally the community behind a cause and not just an organization. Um, and it basically tries to curate or collect and, and um, solidify all of our efforts to inspire our own communities to do a better job of taking care of the kids here where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. So for me, Child Abuse Prevention Month is like the culmination of all of us trying to um, fight for attention for these kids. And um, it's, you know, it's hard. It's a hard job. Everyone has a hard job of it. Um, And we have so many needs in our community sometimes. It's hard. And like, I think this example of the COVID pandemic right now is a perfect example. There are so many needs in this community and how do you take care of all of them um, to create a great community for ourselves? So for me, Child Abuse uh, Prevention Month is just basically an opportunity for me to get on my soapbox a little more often (laughs) and and try and convince people that I'm right and that we should be doing more for child abuse uh, and prevention uh, work. Well, that being said, what do you feel like the audience who's listening can can gain from this podcast episode? I've actually listened to a number of your podcasts, and I, you know, I think you know I've been a fan of them. Um, I you. am always a big fan of organizations not just staying at the surface level of their missions and messaging, but really trying to teach the community and their donors a. A, another level of depth for the kind of work that they do. So it's one thing to understand child abuse, but is it really, it's another thing to really understand uh, trauma and brain development and its impact on, uh, you know, trauma's impact on the brain and, um, you know, 
what happens to children in these circumstances and how how much they need when it happens. So so your podcast to me have really and I thought nicely, I think we have a tendency in this industry to kind of do industry speak, you know, where we talk in technical terms that people don't understand. But I think these podcasts have done a nice job of uh, talking to the community about what you guys do in a way that we can understand and maybe even relate to in some way. So I've um, been really excited about it. Um, I think, too, going about just specifically about this podcast for child abuse prevention for me is a good opportunity to go beyond just whatever the prevailing rhetoric has been is about uh, child abuse and when we can delve really into you know what it takes for kids to heal from it uh, what it takes for a community what to prevent it like seriously do something to prevent it and not just pay lip service to preventing it and um, you know helping kids um, you know heal and overcome it and still be successful so all of those things you know I want to accomplish everything with one podcast so. <laughs> do you have maybe just a running list maybe one one or one to three things that um, our listeners can physically do to help support child abuse prevention month yeah, so I mean, I'd say one, educate yourself um, and educate those around you. I try, um, I'm not very, I'm not, and I'm not putting myself up as an expert at all or um, a, a, a parenting guru or anything like that. Even, um, even my daughter, you know, I try to talk to her about, um, you know, the different things that in all the different range and aspects of you know, neglect and abuse and sexual abuse and empowering yourself. So I think educating yourself um, as a parent and as a neighbor and as a community member, um, I guess number two, I would say pull your head out of the sand because as amazing as this community is, we have a real problem and, it, and we're, we need to do something about it. Like, you know, Fort Worth is one of the most generous communities um, in the world, I believe. Um, and we really do come together, but I would really like to see a lot more community-wide coordination and efforts specific and innovation, really, honestly, uh, specifically tied to um, the prevention work. So the other thing is, if you, if you don't have time for all that, then you pay someone else to do it, right? So that's donating, that's what mm -hmm. I think. Um, when I donate to organizations, it's it's often because I don't have the time or the expertise to make a change in that particular arena. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I support doctors, you know, uh, mercy, you know, the mercy tips. So, or the, you know, doctors without borders. Okay. So they are an extension. So my money is kind of an extension of my values and what I think is important. And so um, educating yourself about who's doing what and trying to do as much as you can but if you can't, support the experts that are mm -hmm. and support them as much as you can. Yeah, I love that. It's something I kind of teach organizations um, in my consulting practice that I had, had for several years. It's talking about creating like cause warriors for yourself. Um, you know, the traditional, you know, terminology of volunteer is kind of changing, I think. And, you know, 
you can create some cause champions and cause warriors that sit behind their computer and just, you know, advocate for your cause. Um, and I, and I make a distinction, I think, you know, causes and organize, you know, organizations, people support causes, right? So, and, um, but we also support the organizations that work in the arenas and the causes that we have. So I think the, uh, the idea of the traditional volunteer is changing. I'm, I'm, I'm right now trying to pivot a lot to trying to get what I call intellectual volunteers. Like what brains do we need on problems and not what kind of manpower I need to pull weeds in the, in the front of the building, you know, that kind of thing. Everything is valuable and I don't mean to try and um, imply that it's not, but um, there's a lot of smart people in the world and I'd really like to harness them for the benefit of these kids. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you're super passionate about this particular topic. What I would really like to share with our audience, though, is is why. Do you mind sharing why this, why this topic is just so close to your heart? Yeah, I am. Um... This was the one, it was super interesting when I was reading, you know, your questions that you had kind of said, here's what we might talk about. And then I knew the why would come up because the why is the most important thing. But it was also the hardest one for me to really think through um, and try to be logical about. Well, you know, um, just to be, to be fair, um, there's a lot of people out there who this, this topic of child abuse prevention, it just may not it may not be important to them because, you know, child abuse might be something that just never came across to them. They never experienced it. They don't know anyone who experienced it. But what we really want to do is just share the why with a lot of people and let them know that this is something that does affect us all. Yeah, so I guess I would agree with you. I mean, I would challenge the 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 premise of that statement right like if people don't know or don't they don't know somebody who's been abused or they never come across it and i would challenge that premise i think every one of us knows someone um that was has been affected in some way by child abuse if you do the math it's a it's a math equation when we look at how you know as a percentage it is wholly unlikely unless you're a hobbit and live in a cave mm-hmm. you don't know someone um, that has been affected by child abuse. Now that's different from saying that they were, that people always tell you when they've been affected by it. Um, When you're around social workers and clinicians, you start picking up signs. Um, I know that I learned a a ton. Um, I call myself sometimes an honorary social worker, but I'm 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 pretty sure most social workers would get mad at that. But like, (laughs) you can start kind of picking up the signs um, in other people. But I mean, for for me, my first experience was my college roommate. And throughout the course of our our year together in college, I found out she was a survivor of child sexual abuse. Um, So for me, the numbers don't lie, you know, between sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect, family problems, you may not have been in the system, um, but you, you know, family dynamics and family issues. Um, so I feel like you can't throw a feather in a crowd and not touch someone and it won't, you know, you throw a feather in a crowd and it won't land on somebody that has been affected. Mm-hmm. Um, but people don't share all the time, but it's there. So, but even if like, even if you, let's assume for a second, let's just go with that premise that you, you don't know anyone affected. 
um, that's fine. So you don't know anybody personally, but let's extrapolate out that we are all affected by it as a community and as a group and abused kids are more likely to be incarcerated. They're more likely to have a drug problem. They're more likely to um, be sexually exploited. Mm-hmm. Actually, is that a word? Exploited? No, that's not a word. Exploited. exploited. Sorry. <laughs> They're more likely to be sexually exploited. Sorry. There's like a million things going on in my head. And they, you know, they deal for the most part with a lifelong, you know, baggage of anxiety or depression or psychological problems if we can't um, help them. That is, um, to put it in kind of crass terms, it's a super costly way of doing business. Fixing all of that to make somebody a healthy and productive member of our community takes a lot of money versus investing in, you know, the front end work. So we need both. And um, ACH is doing a a great job on that. But um, we've we've got to have both. So I would say the the premise is that everybody knows somebody um, and we're all, you know, impacted by it. Yeah. Is that part of your why? Yeah, so I got on a tangent, didn't I, about the... It's it's okay, I started it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so um, here's the thing. So for me personally, I, I, ACH taught me, and I really believe and kind of developed my own research and and, and over the years and, and belief statement that I really honestly believe that the majority of child abuse cases can are preventable. They can be prevented. Um, most of them we hear about in the news are the, are the worst and the most horrific, and they are. They're horrible and they're um, heart wrenching. But in actuality, and those may not be the cases we could have prevented, but the vast, overwhelming majority of the rest of them, I think we really could, and we we should be doing a better job to do that. So, in my mind the overwhelming majority of cases come down to a lack of resources or education in the family in some way, right? I put them in two categories and there's probably more social work and scientific terminology for that. But I, I basically chalk it down to a lack of resources, support and education, those three things. Um, And I think when I look at why do I care so much? And I, I think it's because I strongly believe that, the success of any community and the community that I live in or a society should be judged not by how what its gross domestic product is or where how many corporate headquarters it can brag about or how well the economy is doing. Um, I think our success as humans and as a community should be judged by how well we take care of kids. Mm-hmm. And I had a good friend one time, I'll never forget this, and it totally impacted me. But he told me, he said, Barbara, I, I think Americans are hypocrites. He said, we talk a lot about how kids are so important and they're really the most important thing. But if we really, really cared about children, we would be doing a lot more to ensure that families have what they need to support their kids. And child abuse would be a rare occurrence instead of an accepted state of being. And I, I don't know why, but him saying that, and it wasn't even like a... We weren't even talking about, you know, child abuse specifically at that time. We were talking about some other things. But, I, you know, I do really believe that if we really, really wanted to and we could really, really convince everybody that this is the work that needs to be done, 
um, I think we could stem and prevent a lot of the afterwork that has to happen in this community because we didn't do enough and we didn't put enough in the prevention uh, in the prevention arena for uh, child abuse and neglect. But the thing about okay, so I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Like here's here's something else I've learned. Like once a child has been abused or neglected to the point that others in the state or whoever has got, had to get involved. The sad part for me is that there, I really see it like clearly in my mind that that is that moment in time when that act has happened to that child has permanently altered the path of that child's life. The abuse or neglect will always be this little bag that they have to carry around and overcome and battle and manage for the rest of their life. And it it can, I'm not saying every case, but it can limit their potential and it alters the way that their brains form um, and trying to change that later takes a lot more work um, and a lot more money and a lot more effort. And sometimes you can't do it because the damage has been done. So, you know, I think more on that topic, if someone wants to learn more about it, specifically in our first episode of our podcast, Justin's Journey, we do talk a lot about that. Yeah, and I, that's what I've appreciated about some of the other podcasts and really kind of delved into that a little bit. And it's, you know, oh, you know, I think sometimes, oh, the kid just got a spanking. That's not a big deal, right? Well, that's, that's not exactly how I want people to understand, you know, the effects of abuse. I mean, I think I've probably become kind of a zealot about it over the years, but the more I learn, um, the more the science has come along to support the effects of trauma on the brain and child development and their lifelong impacts to their, not just whether they earn a living, but like their health and general well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, we, I, I, the more I get frustrated that we're not doing enough as a community to prevent it. So I, um, you know, that's what I do. I dedicate my work that's, I choose to work in this field. Like we all, we have a, always have that saying, we don't go into nonprofit work to get rich. Nobody does. <laughs> um, so, you know, I choose to use my professional talents to, um, try and move the needle, um, in for some kids because, Kids can't wait, and kids need someone sometimes to speak up for them and do the right thing and um, create the uh, the opportunities for success for those kids. Absolutely. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to add? I probably said more than enough already, right? Uh, now, I just I guess I'm first and foremost a parent. You know, I've one who has benefited also from the expertise of ACH. So I just, I didn't just, I did just work there, but you know what I mean? I didn't just work there. Um, ACH taught me, I think I'm a better parent because of my time with ACH and what I learned about how to, you know, raise my own child and also still care about the rest of the community. I'm a, you know, lifelong resident of Fort Worth. I financially supported this organization for 20 years now. I was thinking of, I was looking back at that. I was like, ACH is the organization that I have given, uh, you know, made charitable donations to uh, the longest, and I will do so as long and as much as I'm able. I will continue to support ACH in that way. But 
for anyone who knows me, they know that I don't share accolades lightly and I don't, um, I'm seldom impressed um, with the work being done in this sector and by other organizations, but ACH is moving the needle and they're moving the needle for kids here. And by extension, they're going to be moving the needle for kids everywhere else. And they're changing these stories. They're changing these kids' stories, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and as long as y'all keep doing that work, I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be a cause champion. I'm going to be a donor, and I'm going to I'm going to do podcasts for you. And I really kind of didn't think I'd be any good at it. So <laughs> no, you were excellent, and we really appreciate you coming on for making the time to talk to us. You're making such a huge difference in the lives of children, and we, we appreciate all that you do for Lena Pope as well as your unwavering commitment to our mission and the kids and families that we serve. So thank you. Well, thank you guys. I know you guys right now too are, I, uh, I did an article, uh, uh, an opinion blog piece the other day about um, the unsung heroes right now of the, of the COVID-19 and not to take anything from our frontline healthcare workers, but um, you know, you guys still the staff over in the shelter who still have to provide 24 hours care and love and supervision for these kids, foster families right now, um, CPS workers right now, they are on the front lines of the child abuse war and now the pandemic war. And so kudos to you guys. So please express and share my, uh, my love and admiration to them for all that and all the work they're doing. Oh, we definitely will. And uh, to our listeners, if they'd like to learn more about how they can get involved during Child Abuse Prevention Month and during this COVID-19 outbreak, please visit achservices.org slash silence dash ends dash here. There you'll find several ways to support kids in our community with a link to donate and a list of upcoming events they can participate in right from home. Well, Barbara, we really appreciate you coming on. I mean, I just can't thank you enough. I feel like this whole conversation has just been super informational, and I hope that our listeners found it inspirational as well. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you guys for all the work you're doing to create cause champions and educate the community and activate the community to do more for prevention. It's kind of important, okay? It's really important. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Barbara. Yeah, thanks. Y'all take care.